return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. We bless you. We worship you. Thank you for a time like this in your presence, Lord. It is our prayer that visit us specially, O God. It is our prayer that bless us through your word. It is our prayer that use me as a vessel, O God, to make known your word unto your people. At the end of the day, may we all be blessed before we leave. In Jesus' name, amen. I trust we are all doing well. Yeah, we thank God for, for today. Um, and I'm also grateful to the pastorate of the church for always giving us this wonderful opportunity to minister the word of God. Um, God richly bless you so much, Pastor Dave, Mama Jeannie. And Pastor Randy. Um, so tonight we'll be talking about appreciate your shepherds. Appreciate your shepherds. Um, so I was searching online and I realized that October is actually a month to appreciate the clergy. So it's clergy appreciation month. And then I also realized from our brochure or our bulletin that um, this coming Sunday is Pastor's Appreciation Sunday. So, um, just God done it on my heart to share a message on pastor's appreciation. And one thing that also motivated me, that struck my spirit, was the bulletin we received last week. Um, it gives statistics about what pastors are actually going through nationally. You know, it says that 80% of pastors have been betrayed, falsely accused, or hurt by their trusted friends. 35% of pastors battle depression. 4,000 churches close each year. 300 pastors quit each month. Only 10% will retire a pastor. So possibly they may die before their time or the pastor may you know, give up the call because of challenges or difficulties before the due time. 80% of pastors feel discouraged. 94% of pastors' families feel the pressure of the ministry. 78% of pastors have no close friends. And 72% of pastors report working 55 to 75 hours per week. So, you know, reading these statistics actually struck my heart, it struck my spirit. And I was just asking myself, look at this work they are doing. I always say that this may be, this, this is their best work one can ever do, you know, working on souls. It's the best ministry, the best work you could ever do. But you look at the kind of challenges and the difficulties they go through, it means that there is a responsibility on you and I, you know, as sheep of these pastors, of these shepherds, to appreciate them, you know, to give them the due respect they deserve and to make their burden feel light, even as they minister and watch over our souls. So tonight we'll be talking about appreciate your shepherd, and we'll take our first scripture reading from First Thessalonians 5:12 to 13. Now also we beseech you, brethren, get to know those who labor among you, 
recognize them for what they are, acknowledge and appreciate and, and respect them all. Your leaders who, who are over you in the Lord and those who warn and kindly reprove and exhort you and hold them in very high and most affectionate esteem in intelligent and sympathetic appreciation of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. Amen. But, you know, we cannot talk about this without talking about, you know, the value of souls. You know, when Pastor Randy was talking, he spoke about how priceless the soul is, you know. And the work of these shepherds or these men of God is that they, they, they work on souls. When you read scriptures in the book of Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, you know, the Bible talks about the fact that man is a tripartite being, you know. We are made of the body, the soul, and the spirit. So when you read scriptures in the book of Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, the Bible says that God formed man out of the dust and of the ground. And then he breathed into man the breath of life. And then man became a living soul. So if you look at it critically, the Bible says that man was made out of dust. The body of man was made out of dust. And then, you know, God actually breathed into man the breath of life. You know, and when you read the Hebrew meaning of the breath, it means, it is called neshama, which means, which is translated the spirit. So God actually put a spirit into man and then man became a living soul. And, 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 and when you read Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Bible says something that the God of peace himself will sanctify you wholly. May your spirit and soul and body be preserved and complete. It tells you about our, our threefold nature as, as human beings. We are made of the body, the spirit, and then the soul. The spirit helps us to communicate with God. So it is with our spirit that we communicate with God. And then the body is the visible, the visible part of our being that relates to our environment. So we use our senses, you know, sense of touch, smelling, sight, you know, all these senses are part of the body we use to relate to the material world. But then our soul is our real self. Our soul is actually our personality. Our soul, you know, encompasses our thoughts, our emotions, you know, that is our true selves. And one thing about the soul is that everybody's soul is actively, you know, working. But then your spirit cannot be guaranteed whether it is alive or dead. Because the Bible says that when man died... You know, the spirit of man actually also died because man was not able to communicate to God. But by the grace of God, through the death of Jesus Christ, the Bible said that that communication was reconnected. And now we are able to connect with God with our spirit. So, 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 the soul is very important. When you read Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 7, the Bible talks about something. It talks about the faith of the spirit and the faith of the body. Bible says that when man dies, you know, that the body goes to the, to the dust, to the soil. And Bible says that the spirit goes back to its maker. And the question is that where does the soul go? In the book of Revelations, Bible talks about the fate of the soul. Bible says that it is going to stand before the king of kings and it's going to be judged. And the destination of the soul is dependent on the decision the individual made for God whilst alive. So if you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, definitely your soul has a better place to go. Amen. And if you, do not, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, your soul is then bound to eternal damnation. So our soul is very important. And if you are watching me from Facebook and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, 
I'm using this opportunity as an altar call opportunity to you to accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. Because the fate of your soul is dependent on the decision you make for Christ. When you read the book of Acts chapter 4 verse 12, the Bible says that salvation exists in no one else, for there is no name under heaven given to men by which one can be saved. It is only Jesus Christ. So the Bible says that the soul is very valuable. What can a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, you gain the whole world and then you lose your soul. What profiteth thou? When you read scriptures in the book of Philippians chapter 2 verse 12, so it means that the soul actually needs to be saved. The soul actually needs to be saved. Paul was admonishing the people in Philippi. He said that, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. All that Paul was trying to say is that you need to work on your soul. You know, as you accepted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, you receive salvation. Your spirit is reconnected to God. You are now alive, you know. And what God actually seeks from us is that even as our spirits are connected to God, you know, we should allow the presence of God to permeate our soul, permeate our emotions, permeate our life, take absolute control over ourselves so that we can reflect Christ. So that is what Paul was actually talking about. And it is incumbent on the believer to work it out. Try as much as possible to work it out so that in future your soul may be saved. Now it is not only the believer who is assigned to work on his soul, but God has actually also strategically placed certain people who also serve as watchmen over our souls. And these people are the shepherds. Hallelujah. And that is what we want to talk about. That the role of the shepherd in the life of a believer is very crucial and very important because their work pertains to our soul, which is very, very important and priceless before God. Let's read Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. The New King James Version says something. It says that, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. As those who must give account, let them do so with joy and not with grief. For that will be unprofitable for you. Hallelujah. So the work of the, of, the, of the shepherd or the work of the pastor, the work of the shepherds that God has you know, entrusted us to, is very, very crucial, very, very important. The Bible says that their role is that they watch over our precious souls. Later we are going to find out how they watch over our souls. And, and we should respect them. We should honor them. We should obey them. For it is profitable to us. Hallelujah. It is profitable to us for us to obey, you know, these shepherds that God has given us. When you read First Peter chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, Peter admonishes, you know, the leaders of the church. He says something. He said that the elders who are among you, I'm also a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd the flock, God, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you. Serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. So, you know, in the volumes of the books in heaven, God knew that one day somebody called Anne, one day somebody called Albert will receive salvation. And then he knew that there should be somebody he entrusts, you know, him or her to as a shepherd. So God knows the name of Pastor David. As a shepherd, God knows the name of Pastor Randin. 
as our shepherd. God knows the name of Mama Jeannie as our shepherd. God knows why you are in Holy Life Tabernacle and you are not in Grace Point. God knows why your shepherd is not in First Baptist. God knows why your shepherd is not in any other church than this church. God actually knows the shepherd he has entrusted you to. And he, he, he is going to hold them accountable for their work. But even as he comes, you know, God expects us to lighten their burden, to lighten their work by being, you know, appreciative of their work and by submitting and being obedient to them. Now, when you look at the role of a shepherd, the classical shepherd, you know, one thing we know the shepherd does is that the shepherd feeds the flock. Now, the reason why we should appreciate our, our, our shepherds, the shepherd makes sure, make sure that he gets, you know, fresh and green pastures for the sheep so that the sheep will be nourished and the sheep will be, you know, very functional and the sheep will be pleasant to look at. In the same way, God has given us our pastors, our shepherds, to feed us with the word of God. Hallelujah. You know, as they feed us with the word of God, what they are doing is that they are feeding our spirit man. And as our spirit man is being fed, our faith is built and developed. And we are transformed into the nature of Christ. So, just like the classical shepherd, that is the role of our pastors in our lives. And all that they do is that they nourish us so that our souls will also be nourished. And, and sometimes, you know, I think about it, Pastor Dave has been a pastor of this church for over 40 years. And I'm just wondering, you know, so for over 40 something years he's been giving sermons and preaching the word of God over and over and over and over and over and over again. And I'm just wondering the tons of messages he has. Always striving, doing his best to, you know, to get fresh word for us each and every time. Because, you know, humans, humans always get fed up when they are exposed to something over and over and over again. And thanks be to God that, you know, God is, 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 a, is a powerful God. His word is always fresh and new. That each and every time as his shepherds wait on him and study his word, he unravels new mysteries that, he, that, that, that they relay onto his people so their souls are nourished. So over 40 years, I was, I was looking at the time I started ministering in this church. I don't think it's close to a year. And I'm just looking at the messages I have piled down, you know, for these few months. And then I look at Pastor Dave for 42 years, and I ask myself, he, he's doing a great job. Over and over and over again. As a shepherd, one expectation of God for, for him is that he gives us fresh messages, fresh word of God, so that every time our souls are nourished. And he takes the time to always study the word of God, and God uses him to bless our lives. And I thank God for his life. These are some of the things we should see. Bible says that, the work they do is that they plant spiritual seeds in us. So the word they minister, you know, in season and out of season to us, they are spiritual seeds they are planting in us. You know, and they are going to grow and blossom and make you a better Christian. One thing the shepherd also do is that they guide and they lead the flock. When you read the book of Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 14 to 15, the Bible says something. It said that return, O backsliding children, says the Lord. For I am married to you. I will take you from I will take you one from a city and two from a family, and I'll bring you to Zion, and I will give you shepherds according to my heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. When you read that scripture, it says that who will lead you with wisdom, with knowledge and understanding. Now this talks about the people of Israel. When you read the scripture, the Bible says that they were adulterous, 
meaning that, you know, God saved them, and then they turned to idolatry, they turned following other gods, and the time came that God wanted them back to himself. So the Bible said that when he called them, he said that he's going to give, give them shepherds after his own heart. And that is how we are in Christ Jesus. You know, that is why sometimes I don't agree with someone who says that I have accepted Christ, I don't need a shepherd, I can be by myself. The shepherd's role is very crucial in the life of the believer. You know, because God has strategically placed them there to watch over our soul. So when he called them back to himself, he told them that I am calling you and I'm going to entrust you to shepherds after my own heart. This means that we can have shepherds who are not after God's heart. And then it brings the question, who is the shepherd who oversees your soul? So we have to be careful about the people we call shepherds. You know, these people have been put there to lead us, to guide us, to counsel us. You know, sometimes even as believers, you, you may be at the crossroad. You know, sometimes you may find it difficult to take certain decisions. You need somebody to help you. It can be through prayer. It can be through godly counsel, through the word of God. And it is incumbent on the, the shepherd to guide us. So you can go to Pastor Dave and tell Pastor Dave that this is what I'm going through. You can go to Pastor Randin and tell Pastor Randin that this is what I'm going through. I want you to pray with me. What do you think God wants for my life? You know, in other jurisdictions, people can even go to their shepherds with dreams they've been having, dreams they don't even understand. And, and, and they try to, you know, pray with them and then seek God for understanding and counsel. You know, but unfortunately, these quack, quack shepherds have capitalized on these, you know, and they are giving false counsels and leading so many people astray. But we thank God that in Tabernacle, we have very good shepherds. Shepherds who feed us with the word of God. Shepherds who give us good counsel. But he said that shepherds after my own heart. So as children of God, we have to be able to know the red flags. Who can we call a true shepherd? And who can we call, you know, a false shepherd? And Jesus Christ gives an understanding in the book of John chapter 10 verse 11 to 13. Jesus gives an insight into who the shepherds, the true shepherds are. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The highland flees because he is a highland and does not care about the sheep. So here Jesus was trying to give, you know, two kind of shepherds. There is the one that is called the highland and the one who is actually the true shepherd. You know, other versions call it the hired hand. And when you read scripture, the Bible says that these hired hands, they, they, do not, they do not think about the sheep. They think about their own benefits. But on the contrary, the shepherd actually always thinks of the benefits of the sheep. You know, a true shepherd or a good shepherd is very personable. And as I talk about this and as I, I preach the word of God, I just want you to just think deep. Look at the shepherds we have in our church. You know, and, and put them in those categories. And you realize that indeed God has blessed us with very good shepherds. You know, they, they are very personable. They care about the sheep. You know, there are places where you go, you know, after church, you are expecting you, the, people are expecting you, the shepherd, go to people, you know, get to know people, get to know how they are doing, you know. But you see, the high, the high, the high hand will be, will be there somewhere in the office hoping for people to come to them. But a true shepherd is very personable. A true shepherd gets to know who the sheep is. A true shepherd gets to know what the sheep is going through. A true shepherd does not only feed with the word of God, 
but also gets to know about the daily life of the sheep. And, and, and when, you, when, you, when you continue to read, you know, the good shepherd actually blesses the, the sheep. Anytime you meet Pastor Randin, he will shake you and tell you, God bless you. It is a blessing. You know, you meet Pastor Dave. How is school going? How is studies going? How is your research going? That is a true shepherd. They are very personable. You know, but the hired hand always thinks about themselves. They are not personable. They are always waiting for people, you know, to come to them. And, and we see that in this church, God has actually blessed us with, with, with shepherds who are very personable. I remember some time ago, I, I wanted to move, you know, a bed and then a steady desk to my apartment. And, you know, I, my car couldn't carry that. So I was, I was talking to Albert and I told Albert, I think I have to get a van, you know, to move my bed and then my steady table to my apartment. So U-Haul was the only, you know, thing I thought of. Then Albert told me, why don't I talk to Pastor Dave? He has, he has a truck. I said, oh, I'm cool with Pastor Dave, but I don't want to bother him so much with that. Yeah. And, you know, Albert said something. He said that even people who are not committed members of this church seek the help of Pastor Dave in this regard, and he gives it to them. How more you who are a committed member? You know, this is, this is, this is something that, that really struck me. It tells you about who he is. It, it tells you about who he is. You know, there are places in other countries where, you know, somebody comes to church today, you don't see the person again, the shepherd meets, you know, that person outside and even fails to greet the person because you didn't stay in my church, because you are not part of my flock. But the shepherd or the true shepherd has been called by God to be a shepherd of souls. So it doesn't matter how committed you are. All he sees is that he sees you as a soul. And he wants, you to, he wants to win you for Christ. Hallelujah. And this is one thing I see and I think it is, it is awesome. It is very wonderful and we have to appreciate our pastors for these wonderful things that, that they do for us. You know, in, in the U.S., you don't see certain problems as you see in Africa. You know, here almost everybody has a car, so you, everybody drives to church. Back in Africa, you know, some people, a lot of people don't have cars. And, and sometimes they'll be coming to church, the pastor will have a car. The pastor sees a member, you know, struggling, looking for a passenger vehicle to church. And the pastor will just drive by, come to the church, waiting for the member to struggle, and then come to the same church. You know, this is a high hand, a high hand, or high lane. You know, they, they, they don't think about the members. They just think about themselves. All they need is come to church, give off a tree. You know, I share the word of God with you. You go home. I meet you even at Walmart. I don't even know you. I don't talk to you. That relationship is not there. But the true shepherds will always link up with you. Pastor Randy will see you at Walmart. Unless maybe he's busy going somewhere, he will always say hello. Pastor Dave will see you anywhere and want to draw your attention and call you and ask how you are doing. And that is a true shepherd. That is a good shepherd. These people are worthy to be appreciated. These people are worthy, you know, to be, to be, to be loved, to be encouraged, to be prayed for. So their work is lightened and they can do the work of God more and more. But the hired hand doesn't care about it. And, and I pray that God actually helps us. And sometimes it's very, very difficult to distinguish between the hired hand and then the true shepherd. Because sometimes the hired hand portrays themselves as, as spiritual. And it is sometimes very, very difficult. But when you read the book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11, 
You know, Bible gives us an insight in one of the ways you can distinguish between the good shepherd and then the hired hand. When you read the book of Ephesians chapter 11 verse 12, Bible says that when Christ ascended, he gave gifts unto men. He made some apostles, he made some, you know, teachers, he made some evangelists, he made some, you know, um, teachers, he made some evangelists, he made some prophets. And Bible says that all that they do is that they equip the saints for the work of the ministry and for edification of the body of Christ. So one key classical thing you can see about the true shepherd is that in all their ways, what they do is that they equip the saints. They equip the saints. They always, you know, nourish them with the word of God. They always seek, you know, the development of their members. They always seek to impact spiritual gifts onto their members. They always want to see the welfare of their members. Their focus is actually that the souls of these members will be kept intact until the coming of Christ. Their focus is to nourish them with the word of God in season and out of season. Their focus is that these members, these sheep, they feed them with the word of God so they can also be beneficial to the church. But when you look at the hired hand, mostly you look at their ministry and their ministry is only centered around them. The spotlight should always be around them. And these shepherds, you know, sometimes it's very, very, very pathetic that these shepherds, these hired hands are more celebrated, are more respected, are more appreciated than the good shepherds God has actually given to us. But God richly bless you so much, shepherds of Tabernacle. You are doing a great job and I know that God will definitely bless you. One thing these shepherds also do is that Bible says that they keep watch over the flock. They keep watch over the flock. In the book of Luke chapter 2 verse 8, Bible says something. It said that now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. This was the custom of shepherds. You know, they take the sheep, you know, normally at night because at that time, you know, they have the dew that actually makes the pastures greener, that makes the pastures fresher, so that the sheep can actually enjoy and then, you know, get nourished, you know. And then, apart from that, in the night, that is when the wolves, that is when the lions, that is when the bears, you know, are also aggressive and they want to actually attack the sheep. But what the shepherds do is that they don't sleep. Bible says that they keep watch. And that is the role of the shepherd in our lives, as children of God. They always keep watch. They pray for us. Hallelujah. They always pray for us. They seek to protect us from the attacks of the enemy. I believe that there are times they have sleepless nights. They have to stand and intercede for people who are also not well. Because one of the, the rules of the shepherd is that anytime there is an injured sheep, you know, they take the sheep and they try to, you know, pacify the sheep. And we see that in our church. We come to church and there are times we call for people who are not well. You know, pastors call for people who are sick, people who are troubled in one way or the other, and then the entire church, you know, intercedes and pray. And sometimes our pastors also pray for us. They do not only do that in their closet, but we see them also do that, you know, in church, praying. For hired hands, you hardly see them doing such intercessory prayers. Most of the time, it is just about the word, the offertory, and they go home. But for a true shepherd, they keep watch over their flock. They pray at night, they pray in their closet. They pray in public, in church, they pray. I believe that Wednesday mornings, there are prayer sessions that go on, you know. And then, you know, in the mornings on Sunday, sometimes when we meet as the Spirit leads, the, the, the pastors even empower members to hold hands with each other and pray for the needs of each other. And that is the work of the true shepherd. Tonight, I just want to draw our minds, you know, to the work our shepherds do in the church. 
And then let's appreciate them for the good works they are doing. You know, apart from that, they also seek to our general welfare. When you read the book of 3 John chapter, 3 John verse 2, you know, John says something. He says that, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. We've realized that the main role of the, of the, of the shepherd is to watch over the souls of the sheep. But here we see John, you know, also looking at certain aspects of the sheep. He says that not only your soul, because we are working on your soul, seeking that your soul will prosper. But I also pray above all things that you also prosper in all things, you know, and even in good health. And, and that is what we see in our church, you know. There are, there are times Pastor Dave actually preaches about um, investment. There are times, you know, he goes outside the Holy Ghost, he goes... Okay, all through the word of God anyway. But he goes outside the classical, what we call the classical role of the shepherd and teach us matters of life. How to live a victorious life. You know, how, how, to be, how, to be, how to be prosper in the calling that God has called you into. These are other general roles that shepherds also play in our lives. And that was what John was talking about. Not only your soul, but I seek that other aspects of you also prosper. Not forgetting the other things they do, you know, Dedication of children, you know, officiating of funerals, officiating of marriages. These are all things our shepherds do. And Bible is saying in First Thessalonians 5, 12, verse 13, that we should honor them, we should acknowledge them, we should recognize them, and we should not take them for granted. When you read the scriptures, Bible even talks about the fact that we should be sympathetic towards them. When you read the Amplified, you know, the Amplified Classic Version, Bible said be sympathetic. It doesn't mean have sympathy over them, but put your, put your shoes in their, put your, your feet in their shoes and look at the kind of struggles and the challenges they go through. You know, they, 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 they go through challenges such as collateral damages. One thing we should understand is that the work of the enemy is also after souls. And then God has brought these shepherds as agents, you know, to help snatch souls from the grips of the enemy. So definitely the enemy will turn to them. So most of the time, our shepherds, you know, are also afflicted by the enemy because they are working on souls and the enemy also needs souls. In the book of 1 Samuel 17, you know, when David was, was being prevented by Saul to fight Goliath, David gave a good testimony. He said that when I'm in the field, you know, and I'm taking care of the sheep, and then the, the bears or the lions come to attack the sheep, and then I grab them and then take the sheep out of their mouth. He says that the bears and the lions turn back at me to fight me. And that is the work of the enemy. So as the, as the shepherds are praying for us, nourishing us with the word of God so that we will be established and our souls will be preserved for God, the enemy is also after souls. And because of that, he also wants to discredit the shepherd. So he battles and fights the shepherd on all angles. You know, fight, with their, fight against their family, fight against their children, fight against so many things that are so crucial to them all in his bed, you know, to, to, to make their testimony not complete and not be able to do their work as shepherds. I remember when we were young, if, if the Africans among us or the Ghanaians among us will remember, anytime you are looking for a child who is very notorious and very stubborn, you can trace the parent of that child. They are always children of pastors or they are children of police officers. Yeah. And this is an attack of the enemy. Anytime you want a child who is wayward and so notorious and, and so bad and a truant, when we're growing up, always trace the parents of these children. 
you realize that it's either a pastor's, they are, they are either children of pastors or they are police officers' children. You know, and, and, and I believe that it's an attack of the enemy. Just to discredit them, just to take away their testimony so they can be able to influence and win souls for God. So we need to appreciate them. We need to pray for them. We can appreciate them in so many ways. They need our prayers in our closet. Let's pray for them. You know, um, we can, we can, Bible says that we should also be obedient to them. So their, their burdens will be lightened. So, so when Pastor Randin talks to us, when Pastor Dave talks to us, let us submit, let us obey, so that their work is not difficult. One thing we can do is also to encourage them. Let us not limit it to the month of October. It can be throughout the year. Call, 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 calls, text messages, you know, cards, just to show how you appreciate them. Let's compliment them. And then you can also bless them tangibly. You know, Paul was saying something. He said that if I have so spiritual seed among you, is it too much for me to reap material harvest from you? You can bless them financially, you know, in, in any way you can help. Let us, you know, support these men of God. Let us bless them. Let us appreciate them in any, in any way we can. And I believe that God looks upon all these things and also blesses us. Because their work is difficult. Their work is challenging. Pastor Randy will not talk about this. Pastor Dave will not talk about this. Mama Jini will not talk about this. It is Isaac who will talk about this. You know, back in Ghana, if it is Fastest Appreciation Week, the whole week is blocked from Monday to Sunday. We are raising so many, so much funds, you know. Church service from Monday to, I'm, I'm sure somebody will be wondering, church service from Monday to Sunday, that is, that is Africa for you. Every evening, Monday to the Sunday where we are having that, where, when we are having the Appreciation Week, we come to church, we celebrate them, we talk about them, we raise funds for them. But tonight, I just want you to just appreciate the pastors God has given to us, the shepherds God has given to us, and then appreciate their work. In Africa, we have seen men of God who have died because they were going for rallies, you know, because they were going for rallies, for crusades, you know, for soul winning adventures, and then they were using boats and they got drowned. Floods have taken so many people, you know, just because of the work of the ministry. So, this man, let's celebrate our pastors. Let's celebrate our shepherds. Tonight, it may not be about you. It's about our pastors. Let us celebrate them. Let us appreciate them. And let us pray for them in any way we can. And I believe that God will bless us. You know, when Pastor Dave or Mama Jeannie or Pastor Randy preaches, you can just walk to them. Your message was very powerful. God richly bless you. I appreciate you. Today, you have a very nice shoe, Pastor Randy. I like your shoe. It's a compliment. Let them feel you know, that they are loved. Because what they are doing in our lives is the work of souls. They are working on our souls. And it is very crucial. It is very crucial. They are sowing spiritual seeds in our lives. Let's honor them and let's pray for them. Tonight, this is the word God wants me to share with his church. Think about your, your, your shepherd. Think about your pastor. Think about these people that God has made, you know, shepherds of our souls. And then pray for them. And even as we pray for them, they get motivated to do more the kingdom. May the Lord bless us for his word tonight. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I just want us to bow down our heads and just thank God for the life of our pastors we have in this church briefly. Yes, just give God glory. Give God Iana for such a wonderful, such wonderful people he has given to us.
Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.